Hello and Happy New Year. You are listening to The Wing Woman, a podcast brought to you by journalists and best mates, Charlie Gant Eglinton, that's me, and Frankie Graddon, that's her. Hello, Frank. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Ah, oh, 2023. We are recording on the 2nd of January. It is a bank holiday, but we are hard at work. Nose to the grindstone. Sat on the floor in Frankie's living room. <laughs> Surrounded by discarded advent calendars, children's toys in boxes, a stripped bare Christmas tree. You're taking the decorations off already. Yeah, it's coming out today, the tree. Is it? Why? I quite like to start the new working week without the tree. Okay. I like to just cleanse the house. I love decorating the house and putting the lights up. And I always just say, God... Things would be so much nicer if we kept the decorations up, especially throughout the winter months, Jan and Feb are bleak, some twinkly lights might help. But then also you kind of get to that point where you're like, oh, I just need to get some more space back in my house. And essentially I live in a small flat and we've put a tree in the front room, (laughs) which isn't sensible. And it does mean that you've shoved your dining table, which is also your desk, right up to the end of the room. So you would be working in a forest, which would be quite nice. Pine scented, delicious. Very piney. But it's not the most practical thing in the world. The pines have started to drop. Let's just get rid. It always makes me sad when you kind of walk around town this first week of Jan and it's like Christmas tree graveyard, you know? They're all outside the house waiting to be collected. I read a piece, though, about a journalist who goes around knocking their wooden bottoms off them and uses them to fire his wood-burning stove. And I thought, great. Wish I had a wood-burning stove. No, but ingenious. Ingenious. Of him. Yeah. Fantastic. How was it? How was Christmas? How was your New Year? It was lovely. New Year's Eve, I had some friends around for dinner and I have discovered that New Year's Eve is the perfect time for me to have a dinner party because I am unable to serve a meal before 10pm. <laughs> <laughs> Historically, I think you would agree. There was that Ottolenghi night. Yeah. But New Year's Eve, we've got to stay up till midnight anyway. We're filling time. It makes sense it to makes serve sense. it late. Yeah. Go Mediterranean. I mean, perfect. I over-planned, as per. I'm always walking around the day of a dinner party, having not planned what I'm going to make, wondering if I should buy a pasta maker and make pasta for the first time and teach myself on the day, knowing that I haven't even cleaned my house yet. And I started cleaning my house about three days beforehand. But by cleaning, I mean going, oh, I should move this box. And instead thinking, I'll open it and see what's inside and go through everything and empty all my drawers onto the living room floor. So I made a big mess. Then I went to the fishmonger on New Year's Eve, queued for ages. He had to talk me out of a third bag of clams because I was going wild. (laughs) And that was even when I lied about how many people were coming and added more because I didn't want him to think I was buying too much because I don't like to have too little. There is actually nothing worse than not having enough food. Exactly. But he had to talk me down and he was right. Oh my God, I love that. He didn't even just want to upsell you for the extra 20 quid. He's like, you do not need this extra bag of clams. I did vongole. I did delicious crab toasts. One of my friends was a pescatarian who was coming. So I did everything fish. Apart from she arrived a bit later than my other guests. So I also did crisps with really thinly sliced ham on top. Delicious. Like that great wine bar. Like Hector's Hector's does it. In De Beauvoir. Yeah. Just crisps and ham. I did that and I had a great fennel sausage song and then last night once they all got home I just got to eat the rest of the sausage song delicious leftovers some crab toasts sounds like you've had an absolute banger 
it was really good. And also from my balcony, you can see the very top of fireworks in the distance that might have been on the south bank. There are buildings that block out a lot of them, but my tall friend, he could really see fireworks. Fantastic. How was your Christmas? Well, Annie, it was less glam than yours, I have to say. I've had the festive lurgy. I'm so sorry. It's still going from December. Tell a lie. I got rid of it just before my birthday, which is the week before Christmas. I thought, great, I've kicked it before the festive period. I can enjoy myself. And then Alfie went to nursery one day in the week before Christmas. One day, Charlie. Came home, bunged up with snot, coughing. And of course, I got it again. One day. So then, yeah, I've just spent the whole time with a hacking cough not so snotty this time which is quite nice I can breathe and taste but from the looks of it a lot of people have been struck down with festive lurgy so at least I'm in good company this Christmas was the first I think since probably I was about 15 that I was sober because I'm having a baby oh my god what a surprise congratulations (laughs) thanks obviously Charlie knows (laughs) No, I'm just finding out for the first time. <laughs> so when are you due? I know, it's in my diary. March the 6th. Little March babe, which is lovely, obviously, but terrible timing because I've had to have a very sober celebratory period, which is hard. And I feel silly saying that because I hate the fact that I am somewhat reliant on drink to have a good time. But essentially I am. You know, I'm a millennial. We grew up with a binge drinking culture. For better or for worse, probably for worse. I have more of a personality when I've had a drink. I associate having a good time in the evening with some booze. And I think Christmas, you kind of need alcohol to get through it. It's a lot of family. It's a lot of family. It's a lot of small spaces. And a long time spent in small spaces with a lot of people who you don't normally spend a lot of time with. And a glass of fizz or a medicinal red wine, really helps that. So that was different. Also, it's part of delicious food pairings. Yeah. So at Christmas, I think I want those tiny little sausages in like ham and soy. I think that's my jello recipe. And I want, with that, a glass of fizz. Yeah. Or I want a roast yesterday, New Year's Day, and a glass of red wine. Yeah. And actually, that is one of the hardest things I think about not drinking, is the alternatives are pretty below par restaurants and bars and whatnot are so much better now with having non-alcoholic cocktail options but essentially it's juice Mm. it's just different juices poured into a glass maybe with some soda water and it costs the same as well oh my god they're still like 12 pounds or you can buy the non-alcoholic gins i think they're just bottled water i really don't see what else they are Maybe with some botanicals in, but like, come on. Non-alcoholic wine is disgusting. Mm-hmm. Non-alcoholic champagne is disgusting. There are some beers that are okay. I'm not a big beer drinker. And again, I feel like if I am going to drink beer, it's probably in the summer. Beach, little beer, packet of crisps. Not when I'm sat down in winter eating food. A beer makes you feel bloated. If a non-alcoholic beer also makes you feel bloated, you're just a ginormous bloated blob. So difficult. British culture is so centred around drinking for so many special occasions that for people who don't drink, 
even if it's not difficult because it's hard to be around drinking, it would also be boring if everything centres around drinking, I imagine. Yeah. For example, right before Christmas, I went out with a group of friends and we went to the Ritz bar for a cocktail and then we went to the Claridge's bar for a cocktail and it was so festive and like a really fun, indulgent thing to do. But if you weren't drinking... Would it be as joyful? And would it be weird to just be sat in a bar? We weren't having dinner as part of that. So how do you even navigate something like that, like Christmas drinks? I've definitely had times in my life where I've drunk far too much. And I am constantly resolving to drink a little bit less. And I love that there's this sober curious movement. I love that generations behind us don't feel like they want to be so dependent on alcohol to have a good time. I think that's brilliant. I just need the drinks industry to catch up with some good alternatives. A good non-alcoholic wine. Mm. That can't be hard. It's grapes. How brilliant would that be? Because I would drink that and not get the hangover. I'm all for it. Please, let's make that happen. I did have one glass of champagne, I have to say, with my pigs in blankets. So yummy. So obviously, needless to say, my New Year's Eve was also very quiet. Were you awake? I managed to stay up until quarter to 12 and then I fell asleep. Ridiculous. It was spent upstairs binge watching White Lotus. Can you do the turkey gobble of the theme tune? Oh yeah. Hang on. I can remember that me and Ben, I mean, we're so sad, but we practice it every time it comes on. So we do like hand on mouth, tapping mouth style to make it warble. Yeah. Momentarily forgotten the tune, but we're quite good at it. We take it in parts. (laughs) It's fantastic. But we'd saved it all up purposefully to watch it over the Christmas period and then just had a bonanza blowout on New Year's Eve and watched like four episodes, watched the final episode last night. I actually haven't finished it. Oh, but the thing is, I know everything that has happened because I have seen all the spoilers on social media. Did you watch the first series? I didn't finish it. I watched some of it. It was fine. So I couldn't understand the hype around the second series. I've heard much, much better. And I did start watching it, but then... My parents got rid of Now TV, so, I'm so I just need sorry. to pay for my own Now TV. Well, which I... seems really unreasonable because I'm only 34, <laughs> nearly 35. I've resubscribed to Now, so you can sponge up mine if oh you Oh my God, like. thank you so much. Right. I was about to get my own, she says. <laughs> oh, la, 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 I was actually going to. I can get it and then you can sponge off me. It's all right. I've already subscribed. I think I'm going to hold out because the next series of And Just Like That. Isn't that on Now TV? It is on Now TV, yeah. Great. And I feel like that's coming soon. Is it? I think so. I think I might have read... I mean, or I've made it up. But no, I think there's some good sex in it. Yeah. Not like watching someone masturbate before they die on an exercise bike sex. You know? Yeah. But I suppose they have taken sex out of the name of the series, so maybe it's not to be expected. No. It's not that I want to see sex, I just want it to be like fun and sexy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alluded to. Rather than, oh, now that we're a bit older, we're not fun and sexy anymore. Sure. Well, and I think some hot men. I don't think there was in the last. I called it that she was going to get with the podcast guy, her producer. They kept doing knowing looks. Yes. So we start with the snog in the lift. I think he was hot, wasn't he? I can't remember what he looks like. See, this is the reason why I'm enjoying Emily in Paris. I did see a great social media thing of this guy doing a voiceover of why he liked Emily in Paris and saying that it was to do with the plot lines. But then while he's speaking behind his little cutout head, there's just a flicking series of photographs of all the hot men shirtless. They're great. They're great. The chef's good. Alfie's not bad. The husband of 
the agency owner who has clubs in Saint-Tropez. Absolute dick. She is. She's the oh smoke show of the whole series. The outfits in this series on her, phenomenal. She must do a lot of yoga because those arms, what she, those boobs, incredible. Great to see a 40 plus female body that isn't being sort of comedy maligned. Speaking of social media memes mm. and the amount of time that I spend scrolling, I saw this piece on Insider written by Ramiza Ahmad that is friendship homework has become the most common way for friends to stay emotionally close even as they live far away. And basically, they describe friendship homework as, and I quote, watching and consuming all the TikTok and Instagram links your friends send you every day. (laughs) I totally do this. I send all of my friends little videos. Sometimes annoying, sometimes inspired, often quite niche. Recently, I started following Isaac Mizrahi on Instagram. And he did two videos about his kitchen island that he got like a little waste hole cut into the top of it so that you'd be able to just lift the little topper off and then scoop rubbish in and it would fall in the bin oh, that's very but it's smart. got like a ledge and he's unhappy with the design of it oh. so there are two videos about that fantastic oh also packing for his christmas break so she talked about different weight of cashmere scarves that are appropriate for i think he was going to la honestly my for you page is so peculiar eclectic very eclectic but i love sending them and i love receiving them yes I watch most of the ones you send me, but Mm. sometimes I don't. Now, do you begin them and you're like, not for me? No. I was on Instagram the other day and um, DJ Fatoli had put up a thing that said, do you ever open a text message, read it, think I'll reply later, and then two weeks have gone past and you're a bad person? Like, you need the energy to reply to a text message. I know I'm talking to the pro at that. I also do that, but not as much. But my version of that is the memes that people send. I'm like, oh, I'll look at that in a minute. And then I don't. So you're not doing a friendship homework? No. Terrible. But I'm only sending you those things because I think you'll enjoy them. No, and I'm sure I would. And I know you've got good taste in humour. But I'm just a bit like, oh, that's going to take me, I don't know, 20 seconds. And I'm sure I have got 20 seconds that I can spend. But I just think, oh, I'll do that this evening. And then I just don't get around to it. Well, I don't want to add to your emotional load there. No, no. But but the ones I have watched of yours are hilarious. Okay, so I do need to up my friendship. You don't have to. Calling it friendship homework makes it less fun. Makes it sound like a drag. Whereas for me, I'm not very good at texting. I'm not very good at remembering that somebody has told me that they have this meeting in 12 days time and saying how did that meeting go I'm sorry that's not my support type I try very hard I add things to my diary that's why your due date is in my diary because it has to be because otherwise gone (laughs) (laughs) but for me because I'm scrolling anyway yes that's a very easy way for me to just send that to someone and I'm thinking of you. Yeah. So actually you don't need to watch it. It's just a reminder that I'm thinking of you and I love you. That's so sweet. And I wanted to send you something that I thought you would enjoy. A little joke we can laugh at together. Yeah. But that's fine if you don't enjoy it because we don't always like the same things. Like Darren Brown. Don't knock Darren Brown. Thank you for seeing Darren Did Brown. Did we talk about this? I, I went to see Darren Brown for my birthday. Which is a little rogue because magicians aren't my vibe. But... I like watching Darren Brown on TV. I think it's really interesting. Mind control. Well, it's not mind control. It's like cold reading, isn't it? Which is a legit skill. And he doesn't say he's magic. He's like, I have learned how to 
cold read people and how to manipulate what they think. I just think that's so interesting because we all think we're so developed, but we're so suggestible. If someone just says the right sequence of words enough time, you're like, yeah, no, I do want a burger and chips for dinner, you know? And that's not an independent choice you've made. That's someone manipulating oh God, now I want a your burger thoughts. And chips for I dinner. Know. You only had to say it the once. See? So we went to the show, his new show, which is called Showman, Remember Tickets in the Summer. And it was so interesting. It's so funny to see just really gullible people mm. in the audience. Because I think if you are going to that kind of thing, you kind of want to be a chicken. You want to be affected by it. You're kind of willing for his words and actions to have an effect on you. And I don't believe in fortune telling or card reading or anything like that. So I am very cynical, but out of interest, I was like, oh, I wonder if this will work. And it didn't work on me at all. But I just love seeing all the people that are like, oh my God, yes. It was very entertaining. Anyway, such a sidebar. But Darren Brown, if you want an entertaining night out. I don't. Fine. Not in that way. But so perhaps the memes I'm sending you aren't even for you. They're for me. So I feel like I have been present. But I think this is the thing that I like. Rather than sending a text that's just like, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. Or like, how are you? Oh, I've got a cold. How are you? Oh, yeah, my my boiler's broken. Is that thrilling for anyone? No. No. Send me a meme. Okay. Great. Noted. So we touched on New Year's resolutions. Are you going to be making any? How do you feel about New Year's resolutions? I don't really put much emphasis on them ever because... I think in general, I know the things that I want to achieve going forward. And it's probably a societal thing that we are very much, instead of enjoying where we are now, we're always like, what's my next thing? What's my next thing? Yeah. And I think that can be a little bit too much, a little bit overwhelming. And so it's quite good in January when I'm tired and broke and it's cold and dark to not think, right, how can I better myself? And rather just think about, okay, what makes me happy and what do I want to do more of? So I guess in a kind of soft resolution way I want to do more of those things carve a bit more time out to maybe do another pottery course Mm. or book into a studio now that I roughly know how to use the wheel and all that stuff and just spend some time doing that and that kind of meditative hobby thing yes because really my only hobby is like walking eating drinking wine yeah reading nice yeah and then at the same time become incredibly successful in my career of course yeah of course (laughs) and somehow be really wealthy and buy a flat (laughs) that's not going to happen this year though so I'm just taking it off the table I know that that's not a possibility for me and so I just don't want to stress about it I want to enjoy where I am right now and not give myself goals that actually it's going to be really stressful when I then get to December and think oh god I'm not any closer to achieving that that's fine Have you got resolutions? Yeah, I do. Like you, I don't like the idea of self-improvement that is drilled into us at this time of the year. But I do think it's a nice moment to stop and kind of reflect and just take a little moment to consider life and what you want moving forward. So like you, hobbies is a big one for me. I did an oil painting short course at the tail end of last year which was magic you loved it it was i'm gonna use the word nourishing i painted a lemon lovely to paint 
optimistic with all mm. that yellow. Was you there know? texture in there or? Yeah, there was some thick brush strokes mm. as well. Oh, just oh Yeah. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Great. That was just one of the nicest things I've done for myself in such a long time. And I think there's something amazing about learning as an adult. That's the first kind of learning I've done since university. Did we learn anything at university? Not sure. So fucking arguable. But there was so much pressure at school. We don't really want to be there and blah, 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 blah. You know, and there's like a competitiveness and you're thinking, is this my future career? Fraught with anxiety, certainly for me anyway. So to release yourself of all of that and just sit and learn a skill Hmm. with no expectations of yourself, utterly wonderful. So I'd like to do a bit more of that moving forward not just this year but just in general i also think we don't prioritize hobbies in our current lifestyle in this day and age because we have to monetize everything exactly so unless it can make you money you don't bother doing it and that's a sad way of living you know let's just do something for the enjoyment great once in a while what else so i want to do that uh smaller one finally organize my knicker drawer right my god how is it my god charlie This has been a problem forever. Why do I do it to myself? Just buy some new pants. I have a weird block over it. So I just keep wearing the pants I've been wearing for years. They've been chewed up by the washing machine. They've gone funny colours because I've put pale blue in with a dark sock. What is wrong with me? The last time you said this to me, though, we were on a walk. Do you remember? And I just pulled out like a bit of elastic that I knew was just dangling off the pair of knickers that I had put on that day reached into my jeans and pulled it out just to show you what was happening underneath there so i get you but that is a really achievable goal great yeah yeah. also i just need to accept that my thong days they're over are you sad about that not in the slightest but i just need to get rid of them right because they're taking up too much space i don't have a lot of wardrobe space let's just get rid of those get some big pants that are nice and feel good about the underwear that I'm wearing. I'm not going to do matching bar and knickers, that's a step too far. But just pants that don't have holes in or bloodstains. Yeah. And then I did quickly see a thing on Vogue actually this morning. If anyone is struggling with New Year's resolutions, this is a really nice, soft way to approach them. It's called the more or less technique. And it's something that Julia Rothman, who is a New York Times columnist, first began, or kind of popularised... And it's just writing down what you want more of in your life and what you want less of. And I think that's quite a nice way of looking at it. Because it's not sort of saying, I'm going to become a better person by doing X, Y and Z. But it's just like, you know, I'd like a bit more reading time next year. And less mindless scrolling on Instagram. That kind of thing. Yeah. I thought that was a nice way to approach it. Great. I don't know if you're going to get more reading time, babe. I'm afraid you're having a bit. (laughs) I I do feel like this is probably... The worst year to set any resolutions myself whatsoever. Apart from try and keep another child alive. Try to hold it all together. <laughs> try not to panic. Ah! Oh my god, so exciting. Is it? Or terrifying? Exciting for me. Exciting for you. Until I call you going, Charlie, can you look after my children? I just need to have a shower. <laughs> Great. Yeah? I will love it. Thanks, babe. I mean, I don't know how competent I am. About as competent as me. (laughs) 
untrue, but thank you so much. Put the TV on, give them some chocolate, it's all I fine. Went to the playground yesterday with some of my friends who uh, stayed over at New Year, brought their child with them, and we went to Clisson Park. The big slide, terrifying. It is terrifying. You have to hold onto a rope to pull it up. But the reason I bring it up is that Jeremy Corbyn was there wearing no! a puffer jacket and a flat cap at the top of the slide. He was at the top of the slide? Yeah. Did he go down the slide? No, he was with, he was with the child. Okay. Enjoyable as a New Year's Day moment. A because... and a flat cap. <laughs> what a mix of genres. Yeah. Jazz. Really enjoyable. Local celeb. Bloody loves it. I've seen um, Pixie Geldof in that park. Right. Yeah. Park of celebs. Great. And Paloma Faith in the toddler class that happens just opposite that park. What a hot spot. What a hot spot, babe. Mm. God. <laughs> it's lucky we're not paparazzos. <laughs> right, so what are you looking forward to then? I'm really looking forward to watching Happy Valley, third series. Right. Have you watched any of this? No. It's on BBC. It's got Sarah Lancashire in it, who is kind of the main character, and she's the policewoman. I can't wait. I actually didn't watch the first series, but then got very, very into the second series. So it's got James Norton in. He plays a bit of a baddie, but I think he's an absolute dish. The other thing that I'm going to do is reread Conversations on Love by Natasha Lunn. And this came out last year or the year before, I can't remember. But as I was reading it, I thought to myself, this is a book I need to read every year. So life affirming, so intuitive, really makes you think about relationships and not in a schmaltzy way at all and not just romantic love all kinds of relationships friendship parental with your kids she speaks to lots of different experts and writers and thinkers so there's lots of lovely thoughts in there just a really nice way to start the new year Mm. you know as i say positive life affirming intuitive makes you think about stuff so i'm going to reread that as well as the graham norton books that ben got me for my birthday not about graham norton he's written them A trilogy of mysteries that happen in small Irish towns. Fabulous. Fabulous. Ben loves to buy a set. Yeah. From when he bought you all those red leather bound Agatha Christie's. Yeah, I've got about 30 of them. (laughs) Where are they? In Alfie's room. Love that. Untouched. It's just hard to carry round a leather bound hardback, you know? I don't have a bag big enough. I felt a great sadness this year because I love going into independent bookshops and buying books. As gifts. I love buying them for myself, but I love buying them as gifts. And nobody ever wants a book now. I read Kindles as well. I read both because it is so much easier, especially when you're travelling. I can just have a Kindle in my handbag, but nobody wants a proper book. So then I went in and I thought, oh, mum would love that book. And then I thought, yes, but she likes to read her Kindle in the night Uh, without waking dad up. So she's just got one with a light up screen. So actually, I can't buy her that. And then I thought, my sister would like that book. And I thought, but she's going to want it on her Kindle so that she can just do it in one hand. You know, while she's looking after her baby who was due this week. I'm going to be an auntie. Exciting. I buy children's books. Those are fun. Yes. But what brought me great joy was then I had walked around so many bookshops going, I wish I could buy these for people, but it would be a gift for me. And didn't buy my sister a cookbook because you had told me it would be passag to buy someone with a new baby a cookbook it is in relation to our other friend and I thought you're right yeah so kept seeing this Jeremy Lee cookbook um looking through it thinking I want this and then my sister had bought me and I was like it's a book and I was so excited and then I opened it from the top and I just saw the green edge 
before it even opened it went is it Jeremy Lee's cookbook oh so lovely so excited do you know he does the illustrations himself I did not know that so fabulous thank you so I love a cookbook and actually this year I would like to be a bit more thoughtful with what I'm cooking Uh uh-huh I don't mean that I shouldn't eat what I'm eating I just mean that I have a tendency to just chuck things in a pan not leave enough time and actually I really enjoy cooking and I really enjoy trying different things and finding different ways to eat and actually bothering to do things properly a version of self-care being like I'm worth the time yeah. it takes putting on some, something good putting on some music cooking concentrating on that for a while eating something that I don't know what it's going to taste like in advance fun how lovely what are you looking forward to this week or for the future I am looking forward to not making plans it felt so freeing this Christmas because last Christmas I was newly freelance and I was really panicky about money and this Christmas a year in I just feel a bit more relaxed into what I'm doing a little bit less like I'm on the brink of disaster And I'm just really enjoying not making plans. And I think when you're single and friends are doing like huge things and buying houses and having babies and stuff, it can feel a bit peculiar because you're like, oh my God, I haven't had big news in forever. Honestly, I never have big news. But that is by choice also. And there's a real joy in being able to just be spontaneous and do what I enjoy a bit more and... With freelance as well, one of the upsides is being able to just take off an afternoon and make up the hours later. Mm-hmm. And so I think I would just really like to enjoy hopefully where I am now and not be too ambitious about what I want to achieve. And, and I'm looking forward to being an auntie. Oh, yeah. This week, possibly. Could be any time. Could be any time. And meeting your second. I can't wait for you to meet her too. It's a girl. It's a girl. We think. Imagine if it's not. She might have just been hiding her bits. Yeah, tucking. But Frankie still doesn't have a name yet. I mean, obviously you've got loads of time. No, but it feels weird sort of not having a name. Maybe one will just come to me. If anyone's got any good ideas, please feel free to tell me. Because I am stuck. I think it's hard naming girls when you're a girl and you know the kind of implications of a name. Totally. But you don't also, want to don't go to girly, you don't want to go to plain, you don't want to go to adventurous. You don't want to give them a name that should they choose a certain job, they're going to find it difficult. It's hard. I feel like there's lots of judgment on women and you don't need your name. Well, we've enjoyed our, throwing fluid, our fluid names as well that both have Charlotte and Francesca, but then you were Chessie. I was. My parents call me Chuck. Lots of people call me Charles. In a sort of work situation. I read as a Charles. I've never introduced myself as a Charles. But people like it as a nickname. And then we've both chosen Frankie and Charlie as our adult names. People don't know automatically that we're girls. Helpful in some situations. Very. I would imagine. Like job interviews. Yeah. Surprise! I've got boobs. People love it as a journalist. They're like, I'm really enjoying this piece because it's written by a man. And then someone goes, it's a woman. And they go, I don't it! could have no intelligent thought i was hoodwinked <laughs> let me leave an angry comment underneath <laughs> oh brilliant it will happen any hoosies should we wrap up yeah thank you so much for joining us on this first podcast of 2023 hope you've enjoyed it hope whatever your new year's resolutions are you're being kind to yourself come on year for kindness love that We'd like to thank our podcast editor, Emma Crampton. Hi, hi. Happy New Year, Emma. Thanks for listening to us prattle on for 
hours on end, um, and hopefully editing us into something slick and succinct. Please rate, review, subscribe, I don't know, do all those things. Send this to your friend as friendship homework. Oh my god, that'd be so Oh my god, but I don't know if friendship homework sounds like a negative. Because I never liked homework. No. For one. Friendship upkeep, friendship check-in, friendship... I don't know, everything just sounds a bit like a job. It does, doesn't it? Send it anyway. Send it anyway. They don't have to listen to it, and that's okay. No. And if someone you know has a resolution to listen to more podcasts, send them this one. (laughs) You know? And then they can listen to us too. Great. We will speak to you in a fortnight. Enjoy the first couple of weeks of Jan. Until then. Bye-bye. Bye.